Thanks for joining me. You're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Took a week off, uh, so we have a lot to get into, obviously. Uh, this week's episode, want to cover the NBA. Uh, we got some NFL news. Uh, Carson Wentz was recently traded. Um, some players on the NBA trade block. Um, get into my watch list. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, yeah, a lot of topics. Um not a good week for Ted Cruz or for for Texans in general, as the the power grid uh, just failed on everyone. It, it services ninety percent of the state, and uh, Ted Cruz was caught going uh, to Cancun with his family, and everyone obviously gave him hell for it because I mean you're in a public position, you can't go flying off to Mexico with your family, especially when you're against people from Mexico coming to the United States for the sake of their family. Um, yeah, a little hypocritical there. You know, you're, you're just... And then he, he uses the excuse, oh, I'm just trying to be a good dad. Well, how about the the parents of the, the children trying to come into the United States for a better life? Aren't they doing that because they're trying to be good parents? Trying to be a good dad? Yeah, if you're in public position, you can't do that. You can't. Like, that's that should be uh, politics 101. Hey, when, you know, people are dying from hypothermia and um, and carbon monoxide poisoning, maybe don't take a trip to Mexico with your family. Maybe stay there, pass out some water, make sure everyone's cool, make some good public appearances, because you're also there too, right? You're You're living there. And then not only that, he left his dog there too in the freezing cold, man. What a shitty human being. Um, but, you know, Texas, they've been they've been going through it this past couple weeks. And uh, parts of Louisiana, Mississippi, and, and I think Oklahoma, too. And, um, you know, parts of Oregon were frozen, too. But, you know, they're, they're somewhat prepared. I mean, when we had a snowstorm, things just shut down because they don't have enough uh, plow trucks or snow plows, whatever. Um, I see. I don't even know what they're called because I, I'm, I'm not usually around snow. Um, so, and then all these, these Texans after they're all going to get higher, um, electric bills after this. So, and one, one, um, 12 year old boy, he died. Uh, they, his family found him in his home frozen. Um, and you know, they're suing the company for a hundred million dollars. So I, I expect there to be a huge, uh, class action lawsuit against this company, uh, there in Texas, especially if, with these, these price hikes, that they're uh, that uh, some of these customers are going to be ex- experiencing here soon, or have already experienced. But there's various uh, politicians and athletes and and uh, local representatives raising money for Texas. Uh, AOC raised a million dollars in one day, not even from Texas, and uh, which is a red state. Uh, she's from New York, and then she flew out to Houston while Ted Cruz was in Mexico trying to escape the cold. She was out there. On the ground, passing out water and helping people out. So there's uh, many organizations and and foundations you can look up online uh, to help if you if you're able to and willing to help. Uh, but just a, a, a tough situation, and you know it's it's this is just going to keep happening. Uh, people don't like talking about it, but this is part of climate change. You know, it's um, it's like what what did Trump always say? He's like, oh, it's going to get cooler. You just you watch, like, and then he takes credit for predicting winter from happening it's it's not global warming the planet's not getting warmer it's extreme temperatures it's going to get really cold colder in places that it doesn't usually get cold and you know things like what happened in texas are going to happen in other places because 
these places aren't prepared because it doesn't snow like that in those places normally. And then where it doesn't usually get hot, it's going to get a lot hotter. Like in the Northwest, we're getting fires, more and more fires every every summer. Some of them are man-made or by stupid people lighting fireworks or stupid gender reveal parties like that one in, in L.A. Uh, so, you know, this is just part of the times. And I, I think, uh, you know, it eventually just it gets worse as, um, as the years progress unless, you know, we stop. Also, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm not a scientist or anything, but the scientists, this is what science says, right? So don't, don't you think we should listen to scientists and listen to the smart people? You know, let's not listen to the politicians all the time. Let's listen to people who, who have spent their entire lives and dedicated their careers to studying this and studying, you know, earth trends and, and weather trends and stuff like that. Let's listen to them. And this is what they're saying. So why don't we just, you know follow their order and and do the best we can to improve the planet somehow um switching gears here uh, i wanted to talk about urban meyer a little bit you know um i've i've railed on him in, in my past podcasts just that he's terrible he has bad bad judgment all around uh he like when he was coaching florida you know tim tebow was the face but he had aaron hernandez shooting people yeah, people, you know, doing drugs, partying all the time, and just just some criminals here and there with him. And then Ohio State, he had he had some bad dudes there too. And it's just, you know, he gives people a pass if they're if they're good at football or they're good players and stuff. He he recently hired someone on his staff. Uh, let me get the name here. I don't remember, but okay, here we go. Chris Doyle from Iowa. Remember this college coach? He was a strength and conditioning coach at Iowa. And I remember this was about last year. I think he ended up getting fired. and Or maybe he stepped down or something. But there was a bunch of former players and current players that were saying he he always said he was racist, basically. He always said racially insensitive remarks and the way he spoke to black players and stuff. And, um, and so he wasn't coaching anymore. And then what what the fuck does uh, Urban Meyer do? He's like, oh, you know what? This guy is accused of racism and stuff by his own players. Let me give him a shot in the NFL. I'm Urban Meyer. What? I They hired me in Jacksonville to do this, and you know what? I'm going to hire him. And because apparently he's known him for 25 years, I don't give a fuck how long you've known him. That is a bad look. You're going to you coach in the NFL. Like, what is it, 90% of your players on the team probably are black? Like, come on, you can't hire someone who was just in college and players didn't want to play for him because he was racist and and, and said um, inflammatory comments about black people and was just racially insensitive. Like, how are you going to do that? Like, do you like read the room, man? Like, how do you not understand how that's a bad hire? That's one thing that Ted Cruz and Urban Meyer have in common. They, they they don't understand their mistakes until it's already too late. Like, you shouldn't have to receive backlash from everyone on Twitter like, oh, you're a piece of shit for doing this. You're a piece of shit for hiring this guy. Like, you should just know, hey, this guy, oh, he, racist accusations, all these people coming out. Okay, I'm not going to hire that guy. I don't know how, I don't care how long I know the guy, I'm not going to hire him. Hey, uh, you know, a bunch of people are dying in my state that I represent that they just elected me. Maybe I don't go to, to go to Cancun with my family. Uh, maybe I should just be here and endure the cold with them and then just figure it out how to rebuild after this. Like, c- come on, man. Do these people have, do not have assistance or, or PR personnel that say, hey, Urban, 
Don't you think it's a bad fucking idea to hire Chris Doyle? This guy just said some racist shit last year, 2020, man. Like, come on, that wasn't that long ago. I know we all want to forget it, but it just fucking happened. And same with Ted Cruz. Didn't someone say, hey, man, like, maybe you should not go to Cancun. Or, hey, how about you shave your head and your stupid beard and then, like, put a mask on or something. Like, hide your identity at least. No, there's, like, pictures of him on the plane. Like, oh, yep, that's Ted Cruz. Like, no hiding at all. Apologize, but I am coming out hot this episode. I have some... It just... it It's infuriating how how often... These mistakes happen. People hire someone that they shouldn't hire, you know, or they go they go on a trip that they shouldn't go. Like this, they, they don't understand the the circumstances of the situation, or they just I don't know. They're just stupid, oblivious. Just I don't. There's no other way to explain it. I mean, Urban Meyer shouldn't even. He still shouldn't have gotten hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was still against that. Don't think he should be coaching anyone, or leading men and young men or anything or anyone he should just give it up and retire man just just hang back lay low don't talk to anyone don't bother anyone just stay home that's it just just give it up man just give it up uh what else um some unfortunate news vincent jackson uh passed away this was uh last week um he was found dead in a in a hotel room in florida uh he played with the chargers and the tampa bay buccaneers he was only 38 years old man just tragic uh he gave back a lot to the communities in san diego and uh tampa bay he was very well liked well respected presence uh in the locker room um and the autopsy said that he suffered from uh severe concussions and alcoholism and uh i guess I don't know. They didn't really announce like how he had died, but um, I guess something CTE related. Uh, his family agreed too that he had been struggling with uh, a lot of concussions, and they had donated they donated his brain uh, to CTE study because uh, when when you have CTE and stuff, you you're just not yourself. You act very erratic, and uh, apparently he had been living at the at the hotel for a few months, and uh, his family reported him missing like that Friday before. So then I think they, he was found dead on Sunday, and uh, they did a welfare check on him, and they found him. He seemed okay. They're like, oh yeah, he's all right. And then, um, then he passed. So, uh, just an unfortunate situation. He was still very young, uh, thirty-eight years old. Um, moving on to J.J. Watt, he got uh, released by the Houston Texans. He has many suitors. Uh, I thought you know they were going to trade him, but apparently it was a mutual agreement to just have him be cut um pittsburgh's obviously interested because uh, his brothers play for pittsburgh cleveland was also pretty interested he'd play opposite of miles garrett that'd be pretty interesting to see uh green bay also since he's from wisconsin um and then also buffalo there's some mutual interest in buffalo um i think any of those places would be a good fit for um jj watt yeah, he's obviously looking to win a super bowl so you know buffalo green bay um yeah, I guess even Pittsburgh depends what they do with uh, with Ben Roethlisberger, which they're going to talk about because uh, he's aging. But he did agree to to take a cut in his uh, with his with his contract, and then especially after Pouncey retired. So um, Pittsburgh's kind of up in the air as far as their quarterback situation goes. Uh, Carson Wentz got traded the Colts uh, for for nothing really. Actually, it was it was pretty disappointing what they got back 
I think because, you know, a lot of people weren't contacting Philadelphia for uh, Carson Wentz because they knew Philly wanted a first-round pick, and they ended up getting a third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick, and that was it. And, you know, I, I like the trade for uh, Indianapolis because, you know, it, it reunites uh, Carson Wentz with Frank Reich, and he was uh, the coach he had when, or the coordinator he had when he uh, had a really good season, was pretty much in line to win the win the MVP, and then he got injured, and then Nick Foles came in, and they won the Super Bowl. So that was that year. Um, you know, I think Indianapolis, they've been just trying to, like, taping together their quarterback situation with Phillip Rivers, uh, Jacoby Brissett, ever since uh, Andrew Luck retired, and then they only they were only able to have uh, Philip Rivers for one year. So I think this is good for Indianapolis because, you know, he's still 28 years old. He's in his prime. You know, it, I think it was something mental with him in Philly, and I think the fans were just too hard on him. Maybe he was a little soft and he couldn't really take it. And he he's injury-prone, his style of play. But there's something there with his leadership. You know, there was always some locker room issues with him, and it seemed like the Eagles players liked um, Nick Foles more than they liked Carson Wentz. Um, but, you know, it gives him a fresh start because, you know, like I said, I think it was something in his head. And, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, and him and Doug Peterson, apparently they didn't talk for up to 10 weeks. It's like if you're you're the quarterback and, and then you're the head coach and you're supposed to be like an offensive coach, how the hell are you not going to talk to your quarterback? Like that's the most important position. You got to talk to him. So the, the Eagles just said, fuck it. Let's fire Doug Peterson and let's just get rid of Carson West, man. Let's just start fresh. They just cut Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, and I don't I don't really know where Philly goes from here. You know I like Jalen Hurts, but the the sample size of him playing last year it was a small sample size, so I don't really know if he's the guy, you know, or if he's just the next guy in Philly. You know I I feel like there's more with Carson Wentz than there is with Jalen Hurts, but who knows? You know Jalen Hurts could be could be better. I personally would have just brought back Carson Wentz with a new coaching staff and just try to start fresh, but maybe they just needed a whole clean slate and just start completely fresh from uh, from when they won the Super Bowl because, you know, there's a lot of roster turnover there. Um, but I do, I really like uh, him and Indy. Um, you know, I think they can make the playoffs for sure. You know, they have a strong defense, a good offense, and, and some weapons there. He just needs to be serviceable. You know, that's what Phillip Rivers was. He was serviceable, got him to the playoffs. You know, they were in that game with Buffalo. They could have won, you know, but... Um, I think Carson Wentz could be better than than serviceable. It'll probably take some time, but if he stays healthy, they could for sure at least make the playoffs. I don't know about contender. We'll have to see uh, when the season starts. But I don't know. There's a lot there. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Andre Drummond's on the trade block. Um, I think his contract's about twenty seven million. Uh, Blake Griffin is also. They're trying to come to an agreement, either a buyout or a trade. It looks like he. I think Blake Griffin's pretty done. He can't really move as well as he used to. He hasn't dunked since 2019. That's a stat. He, it's crazy. He hasn't dunked since 2019. And whenever he's out there on the court, he's just kind of... He looks like he's on one leg. He's kind of hobbling around. And it's just... He's had too many injuries. He's still only 31 years old, which is crazy. But he's tried to change his game to be more of an outside shooter. Um, but... 
you know, I, it, he's just diminished so fast this season because early in the season, I'm like, okay, maybe Golden State can make a move for him or, you know, one of these containers can make a make a trade for him and then, you know, he could really help them out. But now he'd have to be like some, some bed, bench depth after a buyout or something for a contender. I don't think he, he's really – maybe he could play like 25 minutes a game or something, but he's just – He's just lost all athletic ability there. Um, it looks like, uh, which is you know, it's, it's it sucks to see actually. Because um, I mean, when he was in, with Lob City, the Clippers, and and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan, man, they were just they were electrifying and, and fun to watch. And uh, you know, they they fell short a few times, but they were exciting. They were one of the most exciting teams to watch during that time. Um, and then speaking of uh, DeAndre Jordan, he's been playing really well with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, watch out for Brooklyn. They're they're getting their rhythm together. Uh, Kyrie Irving came out and said that he deferred to James Harden. Told told Harden, "Hey, you you, you be the point guard, and I'll, I'll just play off ball. I'll play shooting guard, uh, which is smart. You know, because he uh, Harden's a better passer um, and facilitator and everything than uh, than Kyrie is. But Kyrie, I think you know he has a, a whole arsenal of of weapons and, and you know ways he can score and stuff. So it, it works." out from them that way and then uh Kevin Durant's been kind of in and out of lineup uh with COVID and then some injuries here and there but man they're still winning they went 5-0 and uh against on their last western trip and you know they don't play defense and I think they're gonna get some some um buyout guys here soon probably make some changes but I mean as they're presently constructed I think I mean they could go to the finals I don't know if they could beat the Lakers uh we'll talk on the Lakers here in a bit because uh, they got some injuries, but I mean, who in the East, who in the East is going to be able to stop James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook in the play? Or not Russell Westbrook, uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving in the uh, in the East during the playoffs when they're when they're all healthy and and you know they're you know they're they're hungry and they're intense. They're at least like trying if they give effort on defense at least. So you know because they're they just can't be like the bottom half. You know if they're like in the middle or like you know. Yeah, somewhere in the middle, then they can. That's you know passable defense because they're they're already number one in scoring efficiency. So like that doesn't matter. But if their defense is like way way on the bottom, then it's gonna balance out and then they'll they'll lose. But if they're in the middle, then that's fine. They they just have to play decent defense. They don't have to lock people down or anything because no one's gonna be able to guard those three. Like Kevin Durant right now, if he's just staying in the post, shooting those mid range jumpers or whatever. Like he's just unstoppable and so efficient scoring the ball, and he could do everything though. He could shoot outside, he could dunk, he could do he could do anything, and you know Harden could beat you anyway too, and so can Kyrie. So it's just it's exciting to watch, and and I don't think there's anyone in the East that can beat them. Like you know uh, the Bucks and Giannis. Giannis could he's just gonna no one can stop Giannis on the Nets, but you know Giannis could have 50, but you know no one else is gonna be able to really score for them, and then. You know the Nets have a three-headed monster, and same with with the Sixers. They're not going to be able to stop Embiid. He could have 50, 40 points, fifty points, whatever, twenty rebounds. But who's going to be able to stop those three? You know, so they're just going to have to let Giannis and let Embiid score as much as they can, or the, as much as they want. And then, I mean, they're going to have to stop them on the other side too. So, um, so if I'm the Bucks and if I'm the Sixers. I'm trying to make a try to make a move happen. I need to get my big guys some help, right? I need I need to get some other guys there that can that can facilitate, that can create, 
and that can you know put up big numbers as well with my guys you know because I mean when the playoffs start they're not no one's going to be able to stop the Nets um, but I, I you know I, I still I had the Nets going to the the finals and playing the Lakers but losing in six games and now right now you have Anthony Davis he got injured I think last week and he's going to be out for like four weeks they said so uh, that puts more pressure on LeBron who's who's been kind of showing some signs of fatigue. Uh, you know, he's playing like 35 minutes a game and they're going to still need him to to try to produce a little bit more and their their depth is hasn't been uh, stepping up as you would like to see. You know, Marcus Gasol's been struggling, uh, Schroeder's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Kuzma's got to take that next step, man. Um, but you know, I think they they probably won't finish like Maybe they'll finish like third, maybe fourth in the West. Um, but even if they're uh, they're second or third, like that's fine. They just need to coast and try to get at least um, at least home court advantage. And then once Anthony Davis gets healthy, then you know they'll be scary in the playoffs. And I I still think they'll make it to the finals because uh, we just saw the Clippers. They lost to the Nets. They couldn't stop the Nets. Uh, but it it was at the end. It was very close. But then. Um, uh, Tyron Lue took out Paul George with two two minutes and 50 seconds left in the game when there was a close game and he was playing well. They said he was on a minutes restriction, but I'm like, what? you have the next day off. Why why wouldn't you just play Paul George for the rest of the game and try to get this win against the Nets? Like, it just d- d- didn't make sense to me at all. Uh, but then they called um, they called an offensive foul uh, on Kawhi. They said that he he pushed off on uh, on James Harden so that it got. Uh, the Nets got possession, and then the the Clippers didn't have a chance to tie the game. So, you know, it could have gone either way, but the officials kind of kind of called the game there. And then the other night, the Jazz beat up on the Clippers. Well, they didn't beat up on them, but it was a close game. It was a good win by the Jazz, who have the best record in the West. Um, and they're playing really well. They're moving the ball. They're playing like a team. And uh, Donovan Mitchell seems to have taken that next step that he needed to take. Uh, Gobert still there defensively, but man, I I really hope the um, the Jazz go deep in the playoffs. This is that's kind of what I wanted to see from the Nuggets this year. Uh, but Jamal Murray has been kind of inconsistent. He had a fifty point game the other day, but I don't know something's weird with them. Um, you know, Michael Porter he was kind of in and out with COVID, but um, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to see from Denver. Uh, the Suns still playing pretty well. Um, you know, they play the Blazers tonight. The Blazers have been hot. Uh, Damian Lillard was just named uh, Western Conference Player of the Year of the Week, not the year, uh, but was not uh, voted as a starting guard for the All Star Game. Uh, Luca was voted over him, which is kind of weird because Luca's on the bottom of the standings uh, in the West, and uh, Damian Lillard has been doing it without CJ, who broke his foot like a month ago, without Nurkic. Uh, that was Zach Collins. He hasn't had guys there <clears throat> consistently. He's had a lot of injuries. Same same story every year for the Blazers. And and Damian Lillard keeps them keeps them in the hunt. Keeps them competitive. You know they just lost the Wizards, which you know that that was a game they should not have lost. But um, you know it's gonna be tough for them uh, here and there. But I think you know Damian Lillard's his consistency and his his play. He had that that game when he shot against Chicago. Uh, he's just been great this year, man. He's been really good. Him and Steph have been good um, as far as guard play goes. Um, but, yeah, I, I still have them finishing top four. 
in the West this year. You know, they, they start off slow, but um, I think they'll get their groove back. And then once CJ comes back and Nurkic, then, you know, I think I think they can make that deep run that I talked about. Um, let's see, Celtics are really struggling. They, I don't know what's going on with them. They're, they can't win any road games, apparently. And then they blew a huge lead to the Pelicans. And I, I got a complaint for the NBA. I am so sick and tired of watching the Pelicans on primetime. They're just trying to, they're just shoving down the Pelicans. They're just shoving them down our throats. Like, I don't want to fucking watch the Pelicans, man. They're just like, they're the most boring team ever. Like, just change the uniforms, change the name, change something. Like, you got to get Van Gundy out of there. Like, he's just boring. And everything about them is just like, okay, I don't care about it. They have guards who can't shoot. Um, they're trying to trade Lonzo Ball. It's like, who, okay, who wants Lonzo Ball? Um, Brandon Ingram's their best player, but I don't think they really treat him like that. Uh, they're still pushing Zion, who's, who's good, but I don't know, he's just kind of, he's just there, you know. He, he eats in the paint, you know, and, and people can't really guard him in the paint. He's just so freakishly strong. But, man, I just, they're so boring to watch. They're not a good team. They just, like, they give up on themselves. I mean, I mean, they gave back, they came back from that Boston game because Boston is just, they're hard to watch, too, sometimes. Besides Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, they're they're pretty frustrating to watch. Um, I do like Peyton Pritchard, but, yeah, just please stop putting the um, the Pelicans on national TV. We need some more some more Warriors. There's a lot of Suns on there. Let's get some Mavericks. The Mavericks are, have been hard to watch, too, here and there. Besides besides Luka, they're, they're difficult to watch. Um, the Spurs have been playing pretty well. 16-11. Uh, six in the West. Um, let's see what else. I, you know, as far as MVP race goes, I think right now it's like a it's a small list. Um, I'd put Damon Lillard in there. Um, you know, he has him fifth. I, I was gonna say Steph, but you know they've been they've been kind of hit and miss. You know, they've been losing some games that they shouldn't have lost. They uh, lost that close game against Orlando, uh, where. Steph just completely missed that. He had a bad, like, potentially uh, game-winning shot. And then Charlotte they laid an egg there. Um, Steph didn't play, and then Draymond got ejected at the end. Uh, but they're only a game above 500 in the eighth spot. So, um, you know, even even with Steph playing so well recently. Uh, but but my list would be uh, Damian Lillard, uh, LeBron, because, uh, you know, you got LeBron at number, number two in the West, and then uh, Donovan Mitchell. You know, they got the best record in the NBA. And then in the East, I would say Joel Embiid, because he has taken an, another step. He, he showed up healthy, this or not healthy, but in shape this season. And, yeah, healthy, because he's been kind of in and out of the lineup the last few years. But, um, yeah, he's he's a lot better. Went back to the post, and he's just dominating down there. Um, and then Brooklyn, I feel like, you know those three guys, the the big three that they have there, they just kind of cancel each other out. Um, so that would be my list: uh, Embiid, LeBron, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and Damian Lillard. Um, and let's see, yeah, those, that's my uh, that's my MVP uh, race right now. Um, I think leading the way is Donovan Mitchell, just record-wise, and um, unless LeBron, like this next four weeks, he just goes on a on a tear here. And uh, gets them back in first place or something. Um, I think right now it's Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but you know, I think the, uh, LeBron will probably get it just because you know he clearly wants it, and and you know people are, you know how it is with those. <clears throat> they it's kind of a 
popularity contest sometimes and I don't know how Giannis got it um last year again cuz his numbers were like basically the same and then uh there was the same result uh, for his team at the end of the season whereas LeBron won the championship so I I don't know even though I know it's a regular season award but I mean the impact there it's it's different it's a different impact um see so oh I want to talk about Zach Levine he's just been balling out for uh for Chicago and I wanted to go back actually cuz I'm just like man how did how did Chicago get Zach Levine? And then I remembered he, he got traded from Minnesota to Chicago, and this was a Jimmy Butler trade. So the trip, the Timberwolves sent Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number one overall selection, which became uh, Laurie Markkinen from Arizona, and they got back Jimmy Butler and the 16th overall pick. And let me see who who became the sixteenth overall pick. Oh, Justin Patton. So basically, they just got Jimmy Butler. I like see. I like Markinen and Levine has. I mean, you can make the debate. Who would you rather have, uh, Levine or Butler? I feel like Levine has a higher upside. Like you know what you're gonna get with Butler. Um, you know, better defender, things like that. But man, Levine has just been. He's been he's been getting better each year, <clears throat> especially after his injury where he missed most of the year when he first got traded uh, uh, to Chicago. But but man, I think um, I think the Bulls actually won that trade. Looking back on it now, because uh, Minnesota they didn't they just still don't they don't have Jimmy Butler anymore. <laughs> For Minnesota, he just destroyed Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and then they he got sent to philly and then now he's in miami so he, he's already on his third team and chicago they still got marketing and they still got zach levine uh chris dunn is now with uh with atlanta but if i'm chicago I, i'm pretty proud of that trade now if, if we're looking back on it because now you have a you have a centerpiece there you have two actually marketing is good he doesn't get a lot of credit and you know maybe mainly because he's in chicago and not a lot of people talk about him but Levine's not getting that much coverage either, and you know a lot of people are saying that they should trade him or they might trade him. I don't know what Chicago's doing, what their what their future looks like, or you know if they're trying to tank or get better players. Like I don't know, I don't know what they're trying to do, but I I think the smart thing is you got to build around him because I th- I think he's still twenty five, you know, and I think I would rather have Zach Levine right now than Jimmy Butler. As much as I love Jimmy Butler, but just because that upside and he's he's a lot younger and. Yeah, so I, I think um, it just made, made me think because I was I was looking at um, was watching uh, Zach Levine play. I'm like, man, he's he's just been amazing this year and hasn't had a lot of coverage. And um, then I had to think back on that trade and how, how crazy that trade was. And um, I thought it was crazy that Chicago was even trading him. And then at that at that time, I was like Zach Levine. I'm like, that's not a good trade. But you know, time you know time has has passed and and Zach Levine has improved in every every facet of his game and um it's it's been nice to see that that jump for him but i want to see him play in in more important games you know more important situations instead of you know whatever chicago is doing over there um because you know right now i think they're where are they at in the in the east oh they're 13 16 so they're they're ninth and the heat are are 10th so those are the teams that would be like in the little play in tournament thing so so maybe maybe um, he will be in some important games and he'll maybe they'll win the the little tournament thing and then and then 
and then play probably Brooklyn because it looks like Brooklyn's going to pass um, pass Philadelphia for the, the number one seed. And then, yeah, then he'll be stuck playing against that three-headed monster in Brooklyn. But, uh, yeah, that'd be exciting to see him, uh, you know, playing more important games. Um, so wanted to get into my watch list of movies I've been watching. I just watched uh, uh, the new Rosamund Pike movie last night. <clears throat> and I got to say, before I even tell you about the movie... I if I see her in public or we cross paths, I would just not trust her at all because um, if you have seen Gone Girl, uh, that one with uh, her and Ben Affleck came out in 2014. This movie on Netflix, I care a lot, is very her very similar. You know, she's just <laughs> she is scary. That movie uh, Gone Girl is just a horror movie. You know, sometimes I uh, I just walk in the living room randomly and my girlfriend's watching Gone Girl, just plotting things and. And it's just terrifying. It's like, you're not going to play that shit on me. That's not happening. Um, so if you haven't seen Gone Girl, you got to check that one out first. But um, yeah, Kara Law is basically, she's like a, she's a state-appointed, like, um, what is it called? Not a caregiver, a uh, legal guardian. There you go. Um, and basically, she just rips people off, like old people, you know, uh, takes their takes their money and stuff and their savings and, you know, takes control of their lives and then puts them in this facility that she runs you know i don't want to give what i'll give away too much of the movie but uh peter dinklage is also in it and then she's just running this whole this whole scam basically and everyone thinks she's a good person and then she runs into um she tries to scam the wrong person and then it just gets really crazy and it gets crazy crazy and then um i just did not expect it to go where it went uh, but I loved where it went, and uh, it was a really good movie. It got mixed reviews, surprisingly, but um, yeah, I thought it was really good. It was it was funny too, and um, I was just like I was just sitting forward the whole time. I was just very entertained, very entertaining movie. Um, highly recommend it. That one's on Netflix. Um, and then I also watched uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. This was on HBO Max. Um, it has uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, he's from Get Out, and then it has Daniel. Kaluuya, is that how you pronounce his last name? Uh, he was also in Get Out. Um, and then, so he plays, Daniel plays uh, Fred Hampton. He was part of the Black Panther Party in Detroit. And, uh, let's see. Oh, not Detroit, Chicago, sorry. And then Lakeith Stanfield plays an FBI informant. And then Jesse Plemons is part of the FBI. And, uh, yeah, it's basically on that whole story. And, yeah, it was a... It was a very intense movie. Um, one of those kind of old school feeling movies where you know you got the the guys undercover, but you know they they get really close, and then he's he's on both sides. You don't know where he's going, uh, but it's based on true stories. So I did a whole deep dive and and read up on it, and it's uh, very interesting. I, I didn't really know or hear about uh, Fred Hampton at all, but uh, he does have a son, Fred Hampton Jr., and he's still part of uh, the Black Panther uh, movement and. Yeah, pretty interesting, but that's on HBO Max. Um, that one got like a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really good movie. Um, and then I also watched Nomadland, Francis McDormand. This movie was amazing. It came out on Hulu last weekend, but I, I saw it like a month ago um, on some illegal streaming site that has pretty good quality, actually. So I've been uh, watching some stuff on there. Um, this one, I think Francis McDormand's going to win uh, Best Actress. And this movie is probably going to win Best Picture. Um, if not, I think Sound of Metal, because Sound of Metal was just so good. 
I thought. Uh, but this one, uh, so this is about, uh, she basically she loses, loses everything in the recession. And uh, so she goes on a journey through the American West, and she lives in her van. Um, basically, she's just a, a modern-day nomad, and she's all over the United States. And, and you learn more about her personal tragedies and stuff like that and all the people she comes across. And it was just a really moving moving story and really sad and uh, just kind of dark the whole time. But, um, you know, it's something that we could all relate to, I guess, kind of in some sort of way between you know, with COVID and all these deaths or, or personal tragedies that people have experienced recently. It's it's just one of those uh, movies that kind of make you think and you have a different um, outlook on those kind of people who do that because people do live their lives like this where they're just like living in vans and traveling different places and working small jobs and, and you don't know whether how they're in that situation, whether it be, you know, broken relationships or, or failed marriages or whatever or, or abuse or, or, you know, anything. And, um, yeah, that one was really good. That was... It's one of my favorite movies I've seen recently. Actually, it's uh, yeah, she Frances McDormand. She could just, she just makes a movie amazing. You know, um, everyone remembers her in Fargo, um, and then recently Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. That one was really good. Uh, what else did we have here? Burn After Reading. Oh yeah, she has some. She has some good ones. So um, I highly recommend that one. And then uh, what else have I seen? I saw the new, well, this one was actually filmed in 2019, but then it got pushed back a bunch of times and then um, got released later. Uh, but this one was with uh, Casey Affleck and um, Jason Siegel and Dakota Johnson. Um, it's called Our Friend. It's based on a true story. And Dakota Johnson, she gets some, some bad news. She has cancer and um, they have like kids and stuff. And, uh, Casey Affleck's a writer, but then they're like their mutual friend. He's kind of going through like some. Is he seems like he's depressed or whatever? He's not really doing anything with his life, and and he decides to move in and like help Casey and uh, Dakota. He helps you know take care of her and stuff because you know they were friends in college, I guess. Um, and it's just it's just a story of like their relationship and and um, how that kind of unfolds and pretty. I mean, as, from from the synopsis of the movie, you could you could already tell it's a very, very sad and just yeah depressing movie. Um, yeah, because she's on, she's dying of cancer the whole time, you know. And then let's see another one I watched was um, what is that one called? Uh, the Little Things. It's with Denzel. It's like a old timey like '90s kind of uh, cop movie. Uh, Rami Rami Malek is in it, and then Jared Leto. He plays like some serial killer guy, and then um, Denzel and Rami are trying to find him and stuff. You know, it sounds like it's going to be good, and I was very excited to watch it. This is the ones on HBO Max. And then I, I watched it with my girlfriend, and I'm just like, well, why would it, why would they do this instead? I don't know. The, the ending was was a problem for me. Um, but I guess other than that, it was good. It was, it was all right, you know. Uh, the ending just was very upsetting, so... Um, I wouldn't recommend that, actually. So I wouldn't recommend it. But, you know, to each their own. Um, and then, what else? I think that's been it. And I've been, I, I get a lot of recommendations to watch stuff. And it's like a, it's a whole other job. You know, it's hard to keep up with. Because then I want to watch sports. And then 
you know, I gotta catch up on some sh some shows and some movies. I gotta I gotta get a whole schedule planned out for my for my life here. Like I still have uh, some stuff on my DVR from like pre-pandemic, and I haven't even watched it yet. So I'm working on some stuff to <laughs> but clear out my schedule so I could just watch watch stuff and then get back to you, let you know how how it all how it all unfolds and what I think about it. But um, yeah, I. I have a whole watch list now. I created a, an IMDB account, and I, I'm just putting stuff on there. So I'm like, oh, what should I watch? Oh, let me check my, my watch list here. And then I just click on it, and I'm like, oh, I watched that one. Clear that one out. Oh, I want to see that one. Boom, add that one. And this is this is what I'm doing now in the in the, in the pandemic world because it's I, I can't go out or do anything. So, But things, things are hopefully opening up soon. If everyone gets their vaccine, uh, we... Sadly, past uh, 500,000 deaths uh, since the the pandemic has started today. That's that's what they announced. Uh, that was on Good Morning America. Uh, just tragic. So please, you know, and then you have people still refusing to wear a mask and just protesting it and stuff. You know, if you're protesting, like you sound dumb, you sound stupid. You're you're the per you're the person that's in the wrong. Like just wear it, just wear it. Like people who are smarter than us, scientists, like I said earlier about about climate change like let's listen to the smart people if you're in a room and like there's a bunch of people getting angry about it, like just for no reason like let's listen to the smart people they say wear a mask so i'm, I'm gonna wear a mask if it's if it's proven that's gonna prevent me from getting covid and other people around me from getting covid then i'm gonna wear the mask and not complain because maybe if we all wear it together for a long enough time we're not gonna have to wear it anymore like i don't know how about we just think about that and then wear the mask because you sound like a psycho like when I, we go to market of choice there's people protesting not to wear a mask i'm like i'm telling you man someone rolls up on me comes up on me getting mad at me or talking shit to me about wearing a mask they're gonna get punched in the face so I better watch you get in front of Talking about masks and stuff and anti-mask bullshit. Just wear your mask and and be cool and be happy that you're alive and and take care of yourself and, and people you care about. And thanks for joining me. Um, I don't know when I'll be back. Maybe next week. Uh, a lot more stuff to talk about. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining me. Take care.